Hey there, Doom Guy. This is Eniash. Um, Doom Guy. I was gonna run with that for a minute until seeing how long it. Uh, it until it stopped being funny. Doom Guy doesn't talk. So. Oh, yeah. that's true. He does grunt though when he gets hit by stuff. Oh, I should have done that. Ah, next time. Anyway. Okay. Hey, Eniash. This is Steven. Steven, I know exactly who the Doom Guy is. Is this because you're breaking out of hell? Uh, yeah, I was feeling uncreative. I mean, it's not. You know, they can't all be winners, but it's 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 it fits. I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with having the Doom guy name because it is it reminds me of good times uh, playing Doom. Hell so yeah. what else do you need? Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, some emotionally impactful fun stuff happened this reading, but I couldn't think of anything relevant to that. So, oh, wait. Yes, I did. Hmm? Maybe I'll save it for the next one. All right. OK. Way to forget it, Stephen. I need to start writing these down. I mean, you can write it down right now if you want. Nope. I'll, I'll even pause this podcast for 30 seconds so you can write it down. Nope, I'm good. Type in the unorganized thoughts at the top and we will not delete it. It'll come to me or it won't. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speaking of the... Uh, no, wait, no, 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 no. People still don't know what we're doing here. What are we doing here, Stephen? Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. This is our podcast, Not Everything is a Clue, where you and I sit down to talk about Alexander Whale's web serial, Worth the Candle, available on audiobook and ebook on Amazon or other places indeed it is there are links to the amazon stuff uh in the show notes also if you want to you can support alexander wales directly through his patreon and if you are so inclined you can even support your humble hosts directly through our patreon which is also in the show notes and we kick back 15 percent of that to alexander wales as well so you can do any or all of those things but uh definitely like buy a copy of his book and support us on patreon those are the two good ones i mean supporting him is also a good one they're all good ones Everybody's but, a winner. But, uh, there we go. Yeah. Let, let's, this is descending into hell already, and we haven't even started. <laughs> uh, well, but I think maybe before we go to hell, we can uh, talk about listener feedback. Hell yeah. Let's do that. All right. Uh, I'm going to start because I pulled out this first one that I thought was really cool. Actually, this one uh, appeared in the Discord like two minutes after we started recording. And I always close the Discord when we start recording so it doesn't distract me. And I was like, oh, damn it. I wish this would have been posted just a little bit earlier. Uh, but from do the math, if you look at the story as an Amy as main character perspective, then Juniper seems oddly suited to her tastes in a way which matches conventional literary tropes more than vice versa. He's a hot alien from another <laughs> world who thinks she's the hottest thing in the world with magic superpowers she can rule to use she can use to rule the world. Uh, I, thought, I thought that was a darn good point. You know, I made a comment in this week's reading that she might be the main, like that I said uh, something along the lines of, are we sure she's not the main character um, mm. or the protagonist? And, mm. uh, you know, he is basically a Mary Sue in her world, right? Yeah. Uh, wait, there's Mary Stew. Is that what they call it? Uh, I mean, Marty Stew, I guess. But like Mary Sue is better. We don't need to have gendered versions of all the different particular named tropes. Yeah, it's humanly it, named tropes. That's right. But yeah, no, Nobody I, I asks, like that. what would Picardette do? Captain Picardette? No, but that, that's... Picard's a last name, so it right, doesn't work. That's, Damn. That's, not a, that's not a trope, that's a person. <laughs> Captain Jeanette Picard. There. You know, I was thinking of that, because we mentioned last week, like, mentally modeling people and Jean-Luc Picard, and I was like, that's that's a thing you can a ask yourself, what would Jean-Luc Picard do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, even I know the answer to that, but I've never mm -hmm. seen the show. Like, I know... Mm -hmm. I think I think I know what he would say, but basically my mental model of him is Captain America. So I feel like Except they probably like align old and dignified, right? But like if if I ask if I have a if I have a moral conundrum, I think their answer is going to be about the same. Caps might involve yeah. punching a little more often. Yeah, I think you're. Well, they're they're definitely their moral compass is the same, 
but yeah, their tactics would differ. If uh, Picard was was a super soldier, it might his his uh, approach might involve fists more often. I mean, he tried that once and it got him stabbed through the heart. Oh, spoilers! Oh no, <laughs> for a thirty year old show. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll forget it by the time we see that episode. Well, I, I think it's uh, past the statute of limitations. Don't don't sweat it. Okay, cool. All right, but I thought that was really cool. Do you have some feedback that you want to pull out? I've got two. Uh, Gab okay. BB, I love this. Um, consider how quickly June went from silence is the best policy to seems like honesty is actually the best policy, uh, which is quite a suspicious outcome for his interaction with the devil. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about. The second that like it started seeming like a good idea to start telling the truth, that's when I was like, oh, shit, things are, are going south, right? <laughs> Yep. He even like has a thought about like, well, it seems like keep talking was a good strategy. I'm like, no, it just seems that way because you let the devil talk to you and you listened to it. Yep. <laughs> Never talk to a devil. Never works well. Never. Um, Kakulakayam put a, a interesting thought that I, I saw that I wanted to toss out there. And there was probably more discussion on it later on in the comments, but I, or whatever the discussion, but I only grabbed the initial thing because we were talking about uh, the anima ipsa exa thing that um, Folliter brought up, right? Yes. And you and I were both holding out hope that hell was full of pea zombies. I mean, I yeah. guess the only people we've seen here, well, you know, Fen and June, there was that random guy who couldn't talk. Well, he couldn't and speak Amy. Arabic or Airbnb, Airbnb. Yeah. Airbees. Um, <laughs> but, uh, or no, English. That's what it is. Um, but, Anyway, so maybe everyone else is a P-Zombie, but I doubt it. Anyway. Um, that would be really dumb. It if, would, like, just the three of them were the only real people. Like, they, they went to hell. That's proof that there's not P-Zombies in hell. It seems like it. Although, frankly, I think Yudkowsky's position on P-Zombies is pretty knocked down. Like, if you're if you're wondering if you're a P-Zombie, you're not. And so if, right. you're, if you're writing questions about it, then you're not. And yeah. other people are, they're not. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, so... Uh, he, they thought that uh, the difference between Ipsa and Exa was like the difference between ROM and RAM, um, where like read only memory from a disk, mm-hmm. and then the, the the memory running on the computer. And mm-hmm. so the, the game disk, the Anima Ipsa retains the pattern for the game even when you turn off the system, and it's very difficult to modify. Uh, the working instance of the game Anima Exa is easily modified as you play, um, only as long as the game is installed. Uh, so I liked that, and then I was thinking about it. The only like thing that kind of hurts that is he kept some of he he kept his pseudo magics, yeah, which you'd think would be tied to the soul. Like, but everything else that does kind of fit. All of his other magics were gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What else is tied to the soul? I mean, may, maybe you know, for go ahead. Maybe he's a special case because for normal people, getting getting the pseudo magics like blade bound is an intense long process. Like. It's as hard as, you know, growing up would be. So it would also have the major modifications to the uh, the read-only soul, considering how long it would take them to train up to that level. That's a good point. Yeah. So, like, uh, I mean, it's just granted then that, like, the literal magic that you can do with level 100 two-handed swords is just part of the physics of Arab. Like, it's, I, it's mundane physics. I imagine so, yeah. Okay. Then, or, then yeah, I'm super into it. Um, I think that makes sense. And that would make sense why like the the ones that you get through um whatever, the virtues, right? Mm-hmm. Not the not the magics themselves. Uh you know, who knows, maybe he still had twice as much blood in hell. Um, but he mm. couldn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Things like that. That's interesting. Anyway, I thought that was a fun idea. 
Um, it's still not clear why one would go to hell and the other one wouldn't. So like, it doesn't solve the mystery, but it was a really fun idea. Well, maybe the uh, the Anima Exa, the RAM one, uh, that runs on Airb, and then when you go to uh, hell, it's like they load your soul uh, onto a new server um, using the 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 ROM. <laughs> I, you know, that's that's perfectly plausible. I mean, the, it, I was wondering, like, well, why bother? But then it's like, why bother have a hell? Um, yeah, and it's going to be the same answer for both, right? So, mm-hmm. no, that uh, that sounds plausible. I like it. Yeah. Well, I also pulled out some feedback by Keiko Hayam, uh, where he says, or she, I'm not sure, uh, but Keiko says, about Felseed's weaknesses, uh, The there were more than one, but I only pulled out this first one here. About Felseed's weakness. The weakness is that you should let the DM tell the story he wants to tell. The Felseed incident got fucked up because June was being asked to change the story change the story to soothe someone's sensitivities wow say that a number of times fast uh if the players just went along with what he had planned they would eventually have found some weakness or at least a satisfying narrative conclusion by ignoring the rest of the quests and cutting straight to felseed before becoming god june interfered with the story that dm wanted to tell felseed is spite incarnate the more you piss off the dm the worse he gets thought that was an interesting conjecture i'm not sure i buy into it but at the very least that's a that's an interesting thought i i yeah basically i second your thing you're thinking on it um i do like the line felsey to spite incarnate the more you piss off the dm the worse he gets that was definitely true of june right mm-hmm. when he was piloting Felseed, uh and when june shows up in hell uh the dm is seems fully spiteful and loathsome kind you of inexplicably um, that rem- see that reminded me of a thing we mentioned that last uh, episode and like just after we stopped recording i was like oh i have a thought about that and now it's too late but now it's not because i've been reminded nice uh yeah i was just thinking like the dm is basically following june's story like the same as we are following june's story and what the dm presumably just saw was the Felseed incident flashback as well uh, and or, you know, maybe he didn't see the flashback, but he saw the actual attack on Felseed and that reminded him of the June's Felseed incident. If we are, you know, assuming that the DM is future June, uh, then the DM probably is like he was just reminded of what he considers the shittiest part of his life and the time when he was the worst person he can remember being. So, like, he might just be being a total dick right now just because he's you know he's been reminded of that time he was a person he hates and he's like Ugh, fuck this guy and you know if he just had a few hours or a day or two to cool off then he wouldn't be quite so dickish and upset at june this is assuming that the dm is june yes yeah it could be i that mean is, that is that's basically my assumption right now yeah no i think i don't know for me the, the idea of it being him went down when he was like unrepentantly a jerk towards this new and improved June. Um, mm. But the, uh, you know, it took him like three days to walk to Felseed's domain. But I guess at that point, he'd already set things in motion. But he could have not had Felseed cheat when he got there, you know? And potentially the DM just got to watch three days of walking through this hellscape of June's, you know, based on June's worst impulses. So he's feeling even more disgusted and pissed off than we were. <laughs> but he's the one who made this one. You yeah, know? you know, you, no one likes to be reminded of, like, have you ever gone back and Googled yourself and you're like, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe I said that when I was 16. Thank goodness no one is Googling my name. Um, I mean, there's not, 
I, I think I have a, I have an interesting relationship to my past self and that I have like my, I don't think my, my memory is as good as most people's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, I think as, as far as like, even like in my teenage years, I remember thinking that in the future I will like be a different person. And like when I was a young teenager, but like, uh, I'll be a different person, but I'll understand like the person that I once was. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think that that's never changed, you know, like young me. Yeah. was dumb and stupid, but understandably so. Cause he is, you know, younger. Yeah. But that's just me. I think you got a better relationship with your past self than June did. It's easy when you forget a lot of him. <laughs> Maybe if you Google yourself and are reminded of those things, you'll start hating young you. Well, like I did things I, I, I know, like I remember doing things I'm not proud of and whatever, but like that was basically a different person. So yeah, I don't know. No, that's fair. Gadbibi had one here too. Okay. This was uh, also speculation on what's going on in the world and why the hells exist. And uh, so Gadbibi is talking about uh, future June, uh, getting this technology and making Arab filled with self-loathing and increasingly isolated. He absorbs himself in his passion of world building. He starts experimenting with various artificial intelligences for different aspects of his work, building increasingly detailed, detailed worlds from his notes with a pantheon of AIs. And then I skip a bunch, and he has a note here that's saying, uh, maybe the AIs are going rogue, trying to fulfill their purpose of creating a game world to be played in. And that is why Arab isn't a place that we would necessarily put uh, ourselves or our friends. And having things like Hells and the copies of all of June's friends. It's a, it's a fun idea. Again, one of those where I'm not, I'm not sure how much I buy into it, but a good idea and certainly something worth highlighting. Yeah. It could be possible, but heck if I know. Yeah. Maybe the DM isn't really even Future June. It's a rogue AI modeled on Future June. Could be. Alas, my uh, my perfect segue was dropped. Uh, oh, no. No, I would said it's plausible, but heck if I know. Chapter 234. Oh! Yeah. All right. No, that was good. Let's, let's keep going with that. All right. Uh, All right. So, heck if I know. The <laughs> previous chapter ended with them seeing a helicopter and then they start off with the hello copter pun, which I thought was lame. But honestly, the entire helicopter thing was kind of lame. Or in my opinion, like the payoff for the helicopter thing was really underwhelming. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> like, this kind of what you would expect, though? He's like, I know how to fly one. And then he does. Like, it's... No, 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 no. When, when something like this happens, like this is the three beat. It was brought up twice before. And interestingly, June even comments on, you know, this has got to be a thing because it's in my backstory. Like, it's supposed to come out of nowhere and save the day at, you know, at the last moment. Like, they're they're running. They're like, oh, my God, we're all going to die. There's no, no chance we're going to get out of here. And they turn a corner and, oh, my God, there just happens to be a helicopter there or something, you know? Like, or when uh, fucking... When, um... Amon first showed up with the helicopter that that would make some sense uh or when uh they killed uh prentice if like the only way they could get out of there was then stealing his helicopter that would make sense but at this point it's like they just kind of show up the helicopter's there at the top where you would expect a helicopter to be everybody knew it was going to be there they specifically went there because there's a helicopter and it doesn't even matter if june can fly a helicopter or not because literally everyone trained in helicopter flying before they got sent down to the hells <laughs> it was it was super lame i i think it was intentional like i think that you know he he was wanting an opportunity to fly one and it was something that he was expecting like he said when he, as soon as he saw that they existed on Arab, and then it's just like a congrats you did it right like like 
an intentional subversion of that whole thing where you're you're saved by this skill yeah i think so that, that somehow the guy who knows how to cook really good just happens to be put in a position where cooking saves the party but anyone else also could have cooked right like it it's like i'm trying to think of a i mean it happens all the times in movies where like this one character who is like comedic relief and every nobody takes them seriously just happens to have this one skill that pays off in a life or death situation yeah totally but i'm just thinking like this is the subversion of that yeah yeah that's what that, yeah. yeah that's what you were saying you know but the reason that it's subversion and not what's the opposite of subversion um uber version uber version <laughs> uh is that the, the popular version of it is the one that's used the most because that's like more satisfying right mm-hmm. and if you're going to subvert something it's like not a necessity but it's a an extreme probability that it's going to be less satisfying yeah you know what i mean so like this is just like yeah here's your helicopter kid was it as satisfying as you hoped it could be no because i made i made sure it ran on human pain no you know so you press you 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 pull the throttle and you're literally torturing people it's like take that you nerd um i think i think that's probably more like where this came from yeah okay yeah i can dig it but still i I wish i could have digged it in a less lame way yeah there there was no payoff for it and i I think that kind of was its payoff right Uh, right it's like one of those jokes that uh one of those shaggy dog jokes that the whole joke is that it's not funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just watched uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Mm, uh, how was it? Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah. It's like if you wanted to make Worth the Candle except a movie and it wasn't as good, but um, it was not dissimilar. Is it worth watching? Yeah, it was funny. I'd recommend it. Um, okay. And, and, it, and, I, and I mentioned Worth the Candle because it's self-aware kind of okay um but there's a scene like in the it might be in the trailer but it was in like some whatever pre oh well, i guess i won't spoil the scene if you happen not to see the little clip but there was a clip where it's like oh we did a super hard thing and then it's like oh wait no we didn't have to um and it's like funny okay. uh so i mean i think that this is kind of like that right where it's just like you know yeah congratulations you did the hard way but there was you know there's no reason to don't you look stupid like <laughs> i think that's what the dm is still trying to trying to go for here Okay. I guess it is hell. Mm-hmm. Can might as well make June embarrassed to make hell a little more hellish. He does miss his first shot trying to hit that demon, which was hilarious. Like, Oh, when he flung the spear. Yeah. I, I was actually briefly terrified. We'll get there. But like, you know, it was also funny because he's like, you know, save the day, yeet. And just, oh, shit. And mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there, there's my shot. I got nothing else, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that's where it was going. So, well, we aren't there quite yet. Because uh, Lissy is down here telling June, uh, filling him in on some info. And one of the things she says is that Amaryllis still believes in you. She still thinks you're the chosen one. And June's like, I, I take it you don't. And she's like, Amaryllis claims you've had divine revelations. And this kind of got me to thinking that, like, what if you were following a, a prophet and uh, then the prophet just kind of died? And he was supposed to, like, usher in, you know, the new age and, and bring back... Uh, god or paradise or whatever and then he just gets hit by a bus and then he's gone and you're like oh well i mean i guess obviously he's not the prophet after all it it sort of it sort of obliviates your claims to being the chosen one and i mean admittedly returning from the dead should reinforce those claims but after three years i would also imagine that that prophet that got hit by the bus is not coming back you know i think there's two things with that and you know you're you're heading me on one of them but the other thing is that June didn't die with the equivalent of getting hit by a bus. That would be evidence against him being the chosen one, right? 
mm-hmm. uh, he he died fighting the scariest thing in the world. And so, like, if he if he had tripped and broke his neck, then it's like, oh, there's no way that guy was the chosen one. Yeah, right. Because he didn't he didn't have plot armor. You know. Yeah, yeah. Real heroes can survive being thrown out a window. Right. Uh, gravity is not lethal to the chosen one. But yeah. Uh, but like you said, like like you're going to go on to say, you know, uh, Jesus is a popular example of of uh, a prophet who or a, a chosen one who died and remained popular thereafter. Right. Still 2000 years. He's coming back one of these days. And Amaryllis, unfortunately, I think, has chosen to interpret her, I think, understandable, like religious inclination towards the DM and her circumstance, mm-hmm. which I think that part's understandable. What's regrettable is that she's interpreting it through a Christian lens. Yeah. And so, you know, June could have been dead for a thousand years and she would still believe in him and the DM and all that, right? That's true. I wonder if the three years is intentionally supposed to be, you know, a, a mirror of the three days. That would be interesting. Um, I, if it was, it was set up a long time ago because that's how that's how long we knew souls lasted when they were bottled, right? Yeah. So it could be. But I, yeah, um, I wouldn't put it past Alexander Wales at all. No, no way. But yeah, I guess if you're if you die fighting the ultimate evil, then that is a heroic death and leads to the possibility of like coming back in the final scene to be like, ha ha! Actually, I'm now Gandalf the White. Yeah, I think all the heroes die. I don't actually know. Well, Gandalf wasn't the chosen one, right? No, he wasn't. But he was, a, you know, like Harry was, Harry Potter. And mm-hmm. he gets hit with an Avada Kedavra at the, in the seventh book. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, just kills like the Voldemort fragment in him instead because he lucked out, I guess. Um, hmm. But, you know, it, I, think, I think a lot of chosen ones die. It might actually be a requisite. I mean, I think that's based specifically because of the Jesus um, founding myth. But yeah, you're right. They... It's extremely common. Like Neo had to die. Harry Potter had to die. Who else had to die? Like a lot, lot, lot of people. You're right. Yeah. And Amaryllis even says later on, like you had to, cause it was the plan. And so mm-hmm. she, she's going a little off the deep end, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but I do like Lizzie's whole thing here. I mean, she, she hasn't really bought into this. Um, it seems like, but she's, she's a smart cookie. Uh, you know, the stakes are up all the way. And she loses basically nothing by trying this, right? She loses 60, 70 more years of not being tortured um, when compared to an eternity. I guess in the grand scheme, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I would be clinging to my seconds uh, on air, right? But if I was the coldly calculating utilitarian that Lissy is, and I was told that, look, there's a one in 10,000 shot. We can, you know, put an end to the hells if you do this thing. I'd be like, well, that's worth it. That's totally worth it. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd have the, the metal to actually go through with it, but... You know, that's why did. you're not Lissy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's awesome. All right, so so this was confusing for me. Lissy says uh, we need to get moving. Uh, mm-hmm. She's losing her patience for. I think there was like the reunion. Uh, they bump into um, Grack and Fen, and uh, the artifact. Find the artifact. Prepare for the arrival of Amaryllis. Then get it. Then get it done. We can talk when we're back and dilated or mm-hmm. dilated. I either that word has more meanings than I'm aware of, or I don't know what the hell she's saying. I believe she's saying um, time dilated. And so they can oh, talk at length. See, that's what I was thinking. But then we had this whole conversation last week about how hell ran on the same time, like time scale, right? But yeah, that's why right. they got to get back to yeah. the real world where they got time dilation. Yeah, I didn't even think about that because that, now that I ask with the context of future sight, yeah, the first thing they do is shove him into a time time dilation thing so he can have a few days to unwind over the course of minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. And then that way there's fewer people going to hell. Um and I don't know, less time for the enemy to prepare. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, okay, great. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Mystery solved. Um, <laughs> there's a big smoking crater where the city of a thousand brides used to be. Uh, yeah. June says, so we sent thousands of people to the hells, uh, you know, more. And she says, well, we didn't do that because you've been gone for three years. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the fuck, let's see. I, I, I guess it's literally true, but. <laughs> she, I like how she's still overly technical and unwilling to share like a shred of credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even when it's credit for sending people to hell. Right. We didn't do anything. I, you know, us, we did stuff. You, what's this we? You, you were down here like a moron mm. getting tortured. <laughs> right. You know, we were up there saving the day. Get fucked, June. Um, but I, they use the antimatter bomb, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then got rune magic excluded for it. And as I was writing that note down, it occurred to me uh, when I was writing it down today, uh, not in my original notes, that... This seems like proof that the DM didn't completely abandon Arab. That is true. At least there could be another DM that stepped in, but why would they bother? Yeah. So he's still he's still watching. Yeah. Honestly, Amaryllis probably took the exclusion as a huge blessing, right? You know, because oh, it means god- the DM is still paying attention. Right. She, you know, she probably had some mm. crises of faith over the last few years. Like, has my god abandoned me? Yada yada. And then, mm-hmm. oh, he's abandoned. He's he's tor- he's uh, sent everyone to hell. Well. At least that means he's still there. Like, yes. Oh man, That's a damn good point. And it looks more like the Christian God when everyone goes to hell, right? Or basically everybody. Yeah. He he gave her a sign. Yep. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Amaryllis. Uh huh. They get to the portal, and the portal runs on killing people. They end up condemning ten people to hell for every one person they send up top. And uh, Lissy says, "Yeah, ideally they'd have been spiked, but the rude magic exclusion." Fuck that up. They are sitting, like, putting absolutely everything on June becoming God. Because, I mean, at this point, there is no other end. Either total godhood or Arab is totally annihilated. And, like, on the one hand, I I like this because it's very high stakes. It's very, you you want, you know, this sort of escalation in, in stakes as the story goes on. So, by the end, they are the highest stakes of all that people are fighting for. And this this is it. The entire existence of Arab, right? But, like, also, I don't feel a huge affinity for Erb, uh, mostly just for June and his pals. And I think it's probably because as murder hobos, they were kind of disconnected from Erb. And, like, I- I'm more worried about them specifically than Erb in general. But still, I like where this has gone. Yeah, I don't know if we're, like, we need to care about the rest of the world, right? It's enough that our characters do um yeah like it, it'd be nice if we did but i don't i can't think of a fictional world you know like i guess i don't know the above examples when you think of like harry potter like everybody loves hogwarts right yeah yeah if the story ended with the building getting nuked like that'd be a bummer mm-hmm. uh, but they just build a new one you know yeah. like that's so i don't know i think it's like it's motivation for the for the characters right like it is when i when i watch a superhero movie like i don't care what's what you know, all, all the people that are dying in the action scenes, you know, car chases mm. or whatever, like it's unfortunate, but mm. you know, it's for, it's for the big fight that really matters, you know, but what yeah. would be insane is if like, uh, whatever you get, you know, all your I heroes think... to start like, all right, we need 10 meat shields. Right. And just start grabbing yeah. civilians, which isn't quite what they do here. They, they grab uh whatever fetal, um, souls, which I'm actually, I think, think since the, uh, demons have to raise them up um, to like, you know, to an age to where they can be tortured. It's actually not a bad, di- bad idea. It gives them actually like theoretically years to find another solution. 
Well, I don't know if fetal souls take years to develop, but months, maybe. No, I mean, to to the age where they can appreciate being tortured. Yeah, okay. I think that Blue in the Bottles, uh, the youngest he was sending down was like eight, right? Right. Although that may have been for a specific demon, specific fetish or something. That's a good point. Yeah. I, you know, I'm trying to think about why saving the world matters. And specifically, I'm thinking about like the 1979 Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, where, uh, he can't save both the California coast and the small town in New Jersey. And it actually feels like a really big deal, even though we don't know anyone in either that small town or California. And I think it's because Superman himself really fucking cared about all the humans. And you could feel that it was like, it was terrible for him. And so we felt bad for him that he had to make that choice. Whereas I don't get the feeling that June and company care all that much for Arab. And so maybe that's why I don't feel as strongly as as I do about Earth. Or maybe it's just because I live on Earth. And so it's uh, easier for me to relate. That's possible. I mean, I think maybe Amaryllis cares, right? But we're not on our POV. We're on June's. And June is kind of just, this is just, uh, he's still not sure why he's here, you know? Mm -hmm. This is just a, a middle ground for him to get to the answer to the mystery. Yeah, maybe if we got more from her POV and how it's like her entire world is falling apart and how awful this is for her that would have been that would have been even better i will read that fan fiction if someone points me in the direction of a good one after this Ooh, we got to talk at the end of the next chapter okay cool uh, do you have any guesses on what grax password for this hell machine was no no clue yeah me either i tried skimming through to see if it was like a simple uh like letter replacement and there's two words n-d-i-n-d-e and so i looked at like pulled up a list of all the three letter words in english to see if there are any that there are, it turns out a lot that uh, um, you know, have, the, first, have the same, yeah, yeah. So the fir- same first two letters. I uh, I didn't get there. I'm sure it's not there. Okay. Someone someone knows the reference. Uh, or I bet you, and, uh, I bet you that they got it in Alexander Wales's Discord when this first came out, like two years ago. Between then and now, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure someone on our, on our Discord probably knows it then. So by yeah. all means, ping me. All right, so here we get to the point where uh, I think this is where we talk about Amaryllis, uh, because Amaryllis is really convinced that the second time they go after Felsied, it'll work. And June says, on what basis? And Greg says, on the basis that if you had been given a second chance, you would have let the players win. I think that, like, June, now that he's been reformed by Arab, like, suicidal dark June, I don't know if he would have done that with a second chance, but, like, this reformed Arab June, I totally think that he uh, would have let them win or at least give them the shot at it because that's just like, that's good storytelling. It takes something abstract like personal growth, which we all kind of experience all the time, but not in these direct concrete ways. It takes something abstract like that and gives it physicality. Like you had a first chance and no, you weren't going to get to win that first chance because that's not what you did before you had grown, but now you have grown. So now that you get a second chance, you might be able to win. And so like, I agree with Amy that for purely narrative reasons, uh, this could work. And uh, I think that the DM is a good storyteller, so he will take those purely narrative reasons and give them a shot. I I like your take on it. I mean, the DM is an enigma to me. Like, he might be a good storyteller. He might not be. It's the thing is, like, as a storyteller, well, you're an author. Do you hate any of your characters? Do you hate your protagonist and think they're contemptible? Um... I tend to like to write villains, uh, but I also like villains, the sorts of villains that are relatable. So 
Yeah, no, Quir- I, Quirrell I do Voldemort hate... was fun. He wasn't hateable. God, I love Quirrell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I So I think that that's the thing is I think that I think you're right. And they do win. So it turns out. But like, I, I'm still confused on the DM, I guess, what I was conveying there. But I wonder if June of that same night, like he did say that he regretted it instantly. Like as soon as it was over, he was like, I regretted it almost as soon as that was, you know, I forget the exact phrasing, but it was within yeah. minutes. Yeah. So I think if he could, if he could have rerun time by a couple hours, he'd have done it differently even that night. Yeah, maybe so actually. But you know, it's hard to say. And if it, the DM shouldn't be the same young asshole who was on earth, but mm-hmm. uh, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm eager to get resolution on who this guy is and what's going on here. But uh, thing is, like, I was optimistic for narrative reasons too, but it would be just like the DM to fuck us over again, right? <laughs> That's true. It would. Like, Felsey just slaps them all down. And then, as he's got June, you know, suspended, hands tied, legs tied, and he's going to cut his head off, he should have just been like, told you no one escapes from the hells and, like, cuts his head off, right? Oh, and it turns out they're still in the 9,000th hell or something? Or no, he just goes back or whatever, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. Yep. But no, I mean... Oh, you mean the DM shows up and says, told you no one escaped from the hells? If, if Felsey'd said it, it would have been the DM saying it, you know? Fair enough. But because especially if he said, I told you no one escapes, then yeah, he's just talking through the DM, but or through the mm-hmm. through Felsey'd, but... Uh, God, uh, that would have been such an awesome bad ending. It w- like, Juden sees his face just subtly shift into the DM's face. Yeah, suddenly he started growing a beard and his, he drew, he wore a shirt that said, I should have seen this coming. Um, <laughs> that would be, yep, that'd be the DM. That, that's, that's on brand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, so uh, they get to the machine and uh, he's, he, June, I looked over at Fen, wondering how she's handling all this and told that she'd already taken off toward the stairs. <laughs> Fen? She's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here while I can. See on the other side, I got shit to catch up on. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love how she's not fucking around. Yeah. You know, a chance to escape from the hells, which everyone knows there's no escape from, uh, mm-hmm. doesn't drop every day and um, she's not going to miss the window. And Lissy's okay with her going first because Fen is expendable. Right. Like, we should make sure they the machine works first. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it worked out for everybody involved. It did, but it was just, I liked uh, Fen's whole, like, what are you guys sitting and deliberating? I'll see you. We could deliberate after we're done. Bye. Um, mm-hmm. So this was this was fun uh, and harrowing. I don't know how you felt about it, but uh, everyone else leaves because June's like, I'm waiting for Amaryllis and Grax says there's no point in arguing with him. This time, no one's ripping him a new one for splitting the party. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, so when he does it for Val, he's an asshole. When he does it for Amaryllis, he's a hero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I, it's it's different. Maybe Val would have been okay, and there's no way Amaryllis would have been okay. I also think it's different because they're already in the hells. It can't get any worse. It can. Like, they're, 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 they're in the hells, but they're at the door to leave. Worse is far w- further away from this door, you know? Well, okay, I suppose so. Worse is what Amaryllis gets. Um, yeah. And if he hadn't been there, she'd have been fucked. Uh, yeah. We get this terribly, you know, horrifying, stressful, harrowing mess where it's almost another Hermione troll moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was so worried. It would have been just like it to die, or just like her to die, right? Uh, Yeah. You know, Bond girl and all that stuff. She probably would have thought that it was, you know, the hand of fate. Um, Right. This was the sacrifice that had to be made to bring back the hero. Yeah. But no, luckily it works out. Thank goodness. That would would totally make narrative sense, too. You exchange a soul for a soul. June can come out, but she has to stay in. Fens the tag along that gets let go for free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or I guess maybe Amaryllis is a twofer, you know? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm glad it worked out. Um, and then as he's getting the machine, uh, he sees like this uh, gilded staff decked out in gems. And he says they didn't have entads in the hells, or at least they weren't supposed to. I wondered about its provenance and how it ha- how it had been schlossed in. I didn't have too much time to wonder though, because the machine activated for me and I was back on Arab. Um, I was wondering how he like had any indication that it was a schlossed spear because it actually or staff because it actually was. Didn't they say earlier that didn't Lissy tell him like Emeralds managed managed to schloss in an, an exit from the hells? Oh, maybe that would be, uh, that, that sounds totally plausible. Um, oh yeah. Wow. I missed reading this the entire first time. Uh, what was that thing about the portal? It's Schloss said Grack, giving a glance at Lissy who seemed not to hear him. Amaryllis went to the outer reaches and she, she came up with this. Oh, apparently. Um, damn. Okay. So I missed all that. I don't know. Maybe I was reading too fast because I felt, uh, I was all like, oh man, I figured this out next chapter. So, um, mm. No, it just told me. All right, cool. So, yeah, he didn't get that cool staff. But the, the other thing that confused me about that was he says they weren't supposed to have entads in the hells. But like that spear that he throws that teleports back to his hand and explodes the targets that it hits isn't an entad. That's just how spears work <laughs> in Omega Hell. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know shit about the Mega Hell, man. Well, uh, we'll just we'll assume that that's how it works. I would assume that like any spear you pick up just like. If you're a human, it just eats your hand. Uh, but not this spear. This one's special, you know. This spear does not discriminate between demons and human hands. And it, it's it's the one he needed for the moment. So that's just how it shakes out. Yeah. And then we get what I thought was a nice fun interval between the like hell exit and the um, fell seed two electric boogaloo. Okay. So it's the chapter is called. Uh, um, uh, interval 235 yep. but and it's basically them catching him up on everything that happened in the three years he was gone yeah and him like getting kind of like closure with everybody except for yeah. Bethel, which sucks um right. it would have been nice if they could work something out but i get you know there's probably a message there we can dive into later but um you want to dive into it now since they never do talk with bethel well i no, because my, my brain's actually drawing a blank. So I'm going to, well, we'll get through the rest of it. Then I'll see if anything on the back burner comes up. But yeah. I thought you would appreciate this. So I pulled out this kind of, this uh, this quote here. Um, mm-hmm. June's talking to Amaryllis and basically really quickly says, I need to talk with Fen. You know, we talked a bit in the hells, but it wasn't enough time with her. Um, and, you know, Amaryllis, I can't believe it. You brought her back. I didn't think it was possible. And Amaryllis says it wasn't. I'll give you the, the, I'll give the two of you time together in Bethel and I'm, you know, he, she is cognizant that he might have some mis- misgivings about Bethel, but you know, she's polite about it. Um, and, uh, anyway, so I, uh, um, my, my thought that I had when I was reading this was like, you know, Amaryllis better not just be stepping aside to let June and Fen get back together. Right. Oh, that'd have been awesome. No, that'd have been terrible for, for two reasons. One, cause Fen and June would not make a good couple right now. Mm. I think they'd make a way worse couple than, than, than they did before. Um, mm, yeah. But the, the reason I pulled it out was that in parentheses, I put shit. Am I being sucked into a fictional r- romantic romantic drama? <laughs> I never saw this day coming and I thought you'd appreciate it. I do appreciate that. I, uh, you actually got emotionally involved in this thing. All, all of my, all of my like romantic, like, oh, this is, you know, going to be a drag. And then I'm like, you can't be with Fen. What are you doing, man? <laughs> so luckily he's Don't. not going there, but I, yeah. that, that was me, you know. So I was invested. I still, 
I still, I still get the feeling he doesn't have a strong emotional connection with Amaryllis. That he's like happy with her and she makes his life better. But there doesn't seem to be the same passion that there was with Fen. Or is this just me with my whole stupid broken brain not knowing about how relationships are supposed to work thing? Their relationship is atypical. Um, for sure. So I don't, I don't think we can blame it on broken brains because this is a outside the norm example. Um, you know, June and Fen were like flirty and cute and whatever. And Emerald and June aren't, but they are, you know, supportive, you know, at, at every important moment, you know, uh, yeah. they've got each other's backs and they can count on each other to be grownups and have serious conversations when they need to have them and stuff. Like, I don't know what else relationships are supposed to have. See, I agree with you completely that they feel like they have a grown-up relationship and I don't want to grow up. You know, that's uh that's a totally fair point. Although you okay. don't want to you don't want to not grow up if it means that you got to keep dating fens w- if things with fens don't work out. Hey, I managed to go through that cycle for a good 12 years before uh, I broke out of it. So, June can put in a little more effort here. <laughs> He's only been at it for a few months. It's it's been a it's been a, an intense few months, but yeah, he needs to put in his his hours, doesn't he? There's only been one fan that he's dated, man. Yeah, he needs to go through at least one more. Exactly. All right, but instead of doing that, uh he gets together with Amaryllis and uh actually this is this is with Fen, is it? Uh no no no, this is still with Amaryllis because this is before he goes into the uh into the Bethel bottle. Right. Uh, yeah, I think before she, before she sends him in, she's like, "Wait, one thing, close your eyes for 3 seconds." Yeah. Yeah. And he does, and no game menu appears. Uh he has his magic back, but like he's and for the rest of this uh these two chapters, he doesn't get any notifications of anything either at any time. And like, I don't know, what what the fuck does this mean? That is the game over because there's no game menu? Like it did the game actually end when it said game over, but like the narrative hasn't ended. I, I mean, I guess he still has his magic and his skills, but maybe at this point he can't get skill ups anymore because the game is over. He's just got what he's got and there's a story to play out, but no more game, no more critical roles. I liked the, uh, I, I hadn't thought about the implication of the skill up and level up uh, component. I think you're right. I, I imagine that without the game interface, I don't think he'll level up. And even if he did, he can't allocate his points, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I think the implication of that is like, don't fuck about trying to level up, just do the thing, um, yeah. finish the story. Uh, I was thinking about this and I had a shower thought when I was uh, between whatever, when I was reading this um, and I was thinking, Oh, the game layer is gone. Cause this isn't a game anymore. Kind of like you said. Um, yeah. But not just like, you know, the, you know, you hit the game over screen. So the game's over, but like, you know, all right, we're going to, we need to finish this, but this isn't, we're going to, this is no longer a game, June. We're, we're not mucking about anymore, right? That's also why I banned or excluded um, rune magic, mm-hmm. right? The, you know, games are fun. This is no longer supposed to be fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no more numbers go up. Yep. Well, shit. I think that's what's going on. Well, he does go into the Bethel, the Bethel. Uh, and he's having his decompression with Fen, and Fen admits that she hit on Amy during her decompression time because she's been out of here for a fair bit longer than June. Felt like I don't know. It felt like at least an hour, right? Yeah, like days. Or, yeah, which in yeah, in the bottle would be days, right? Or I guess it's not the bottle anymore, but in whatever the time, the time chamber they're using. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she says, "Yeah, uh, I hit on Amy," and she says, "In my defense, you were dead, and she was a widow." <laughs> 
<laughs> because she got out of hell before he did. Oh, that was fantastic. I loved it. It was classic Ben. Yeah. I uh she has a lot of good lines here. Um, but you know, June hasn't had his harem orgy yet. There's nope. there's still time. Uh, I mean, there was in the time chamber. Now they're kind of busy. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it wouldn't have flow, flowed well with the rest of the story if it's like, and then we banged it out for 12 straight hours. But, um, <laughs> you know. Honestly, I think you'd have to have that before the, he went to hell thing because uh, you go through hell. It, I, I assume that's kind of a boner killer. Yeah, but he's got blood magic back, so. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Um Fen, I love this. She has, she has a couple of funny jokes. Um, she says, all right, good enough for me. Let's go kill Felseed then, shall we? He's like, I don't know if you're joking right now. And she says, it's a joke because it's funny, but it's also <laughs> serious because, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Um, nice. But I like it because that's the that's the Fen spirit we know and love, right? Yeah. She's like, I'm keeping it light and funny, but I'm being serial. Um, all right. <laughs> the, uh, oh, what were you going to say? The, the Yeah, the just, you know, let's let's get Felseed killed still needs to be done yep she's uh but she can't like you know commit like a hero right she's still gotta be jokey about it yeah uh, and then june's like apologizing for you know how he was months ago and she's you know because she can't seriously accept an apology she's like acting like she's getting sexually gratified from it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And i figured that you know this would be this this is like oh i get why enosh vibes with her this is like really mm-hmm. funny and you know, it's not that she doesn't care. It's not that she's not rejected that she's rejecting his apology. It's that she's she doesn't want to, you know, engage with it seriously. So she's, you know, listening, but she she, you know, is deflecting, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she even I mean, says Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say sometimes things really do gotta be serial business, but but whenever you can, keeping it from being bogged down horrible life is great, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't think that you would, this is how you would handle a serious conversation. I just get why, as like a fictional character, you'd think this is great. Yeah. Uh, well, and I mean, sometimes. Depends on how serious the serious conversation is. Yeah, there are times where, you know, it can be kept light and funny. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to tell someone I was dying, I would like to keep it funny. But if someone was telling me that they were dying, I wouldn't do that to them. You know, like I said, she was dodging before. And this is her version of not dodging, and I love it. She says, yeah, you know, I've got these insecurities, which lets me blame them for not talking. I push people away, which lets me blame them for not taking a joke and protects my fragile ego. I try to diffuse things that are serious so I don't get hurt. Yeah. And <laughs> first of all, she and Alexander Wales get a star for me for spelling out the perfect noise to convo- convey that. Uh, I guess, you know, if you'd asked me to spell it, I would have spelled it that way. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen it spelled before. And it's a very funny noise and it fits perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and then. <laughs> Fen, I can't remember what she says. She says, see, it's funny because it's true, but you're not laughing, which is the sign of a really funny joke. <laughs> is that is that the sign of a really funny joke? Never have truer words been spoken. Oh shit. Fen's the best new Fen's the new best character. Ah, okay. That that I I agree with you on everything you've said ever then. <laughs> Alright, where are we? Um I can't remember what joke she made. Maybe it was that joke actually. Um, uh, I don't remember. June doesn't that, laugh. Yeah, well, it could have been that joke where he didn't laugh. Like, this is more of a general take for me, and that was just I decided to pull out, you know, the tough crowd line. Oh, I know and, what the joke start was. Start typing here. Yeah. It was uh, she. He was like, you know, you could have hooked up with other people, you know, maybe Grack, and she laughs. She's like, you know, he doesn't even have a penis, right? Oh, right. Yeah. And, like that's that's fan humor, and they both get it. Remember how funny she like she thought it was. She had some joke or something when they were drunk on the train. Yes. Did yeah. you touch butts? Right. Oh, God. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, so anyway, uh, this, but this June isn't in that kind of humor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And see, there was something about this, this entire chapter really a little bit in hell too, but like it didn't, it didn't feel like Fen to me. I didn't get those vibes of, of classic Fen for the most part. And it left me still missing the original Fen that it felt like this was someone that was kind of different. Um, and I didn't like, I wasn't, I thought maybe this is bad writing. Maybe this is just like Alexander Wales is tired of Fen and doesn't care for her anymore. But then uh, I stumbled across this line later on where June says for all that I could see the things that had attracted me to her, it wasn't as appealing anymore. And I got to thinking, you know what? Maybe this is actually really good writing and Alexander Wales is making me feel what June is feeling, where, you know, Fen is trying to be original Fen, but June just isn't into it. And that's why it's flopping on the page and not working for me either, because it, it needs to be a two-way thing. And June's just, like, constantly turning her down. And uh, and, and that makes it far less enjoyable to read and makes it feel less like Fen to me. And so maybe he's doing exactly what he should be doing and making me feel what June is feeling. That's a really good point that if Fen was just like being the whatever witty wild card to herself and nobody was like yes anding her, mm-hmm. then we would have all hated her, right? Yeah. Like you'd be like, oh my God, can you just play serial serious for one second with the rest of us? Um, mm-hmm. But no, because because like the group worked with her and indulged her and they had fun. Like it wasn't just indulging. They were all playing along. Yeah. Um, I think this... I think there's a couple things with this. Like one, it shows that she's had like zero character growth, which makes sense because uh, she was dead while everyone else was leveling up as people. Um, but it's, I don't know. I think it emphasizes all of like the, the weaknesses of her character. Um, yeah. You know, I can't think of, I mean, nothing jumps to mind where she like actually sets it down and is actually serious, you know? Um the chapter when she broke up with June and they were talking with Valencia in the room, I think was the only time. No, yeah. We really uh, saw that. Yeah, we saw it at least, yeah, back before she died. But I mean, since. Oh, know, yeah. Well, I mean, she's been dead. So, But no, but stuff is serious. And it's like, look, are you are you actually not capable of just like being serious with us for one second? Um, See, the, the way I want to phrase it is, is June actually not capable of just chilling out for a little bit and taking some joy in life? I don't think there's time. Yeah. You know, and it, it sucks. They're, they're in a time chamber. Yeah. They do watch Lawn or whatever, Crime and Exclusion. <laughs> oh my God. That was so good. Um, so, you know, they do, they do take some time, but um, I think it's like, uh, you know, I, I do think that Fen's uh, like, cause it wasn't quite inability, but her extreme reluctance to engage on a real level. I do think that was a weakness of hers. And yeah. it was nice watching June get over that. Um, yeah. And so then here she is still doing that, you know, all the way up to, you know, as high, as high as she's ever dialed it. And I get it. She's a, had a very stressful last 12 hours or whatever. Right. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. you know, the last thing she remembers is dying terribly and then waking up in hell. So like if she's being extra defensive, I totally get it, but it's like, yeah. oh man, yeah. You know, I don't need somebody who's going to like make a joke right now. Like we're going to go fight fell seed in like 45 minutes. Are you cool with that? Um, yeah. And she's like, yeah, let's do this thing. And it's like, we don't, come on, you know, commit here for one second. I think I get where they're coming from. I kind of wonder also if she was coached a bit by Amaryllis about some of the things to say. Like when she said the whole, you know, 
I deflect because I'm insecure or whatever, and then I can blame it on other people. I'm like, that sounds that sounds almost like she and Amaryllis had a very deep heart to heart, and Amaryllis was like, these are the issues about you need to keep them in your mind, especially when you're talking with June. So that could have been another reason why Fen didn't feel quite as Fen like. It's possible. Yeah, she also talked to the Val, so who knows what damage was done. Um, oh man! But uh, still not a fan of Val, huh? No, no. <laughs> Even after all these years, I totally am. But if if she wants to, you know, psychologically uh, tear someone a new one with just a few syllables, she totally can. Um, all right. No, I think uh, I think she says something to this effect in her letters. Like she she is capable of this level of of self reflection. Um, yeah. You know, she'd have to be. She's an adult. She she knows why she's having her feelings and why she acts the way she does most of the time. But uh, no, I think it's just. Uh, it could have been coached. I think that I didn't get that vibe, but I see I can totally get where where you're getting it. Mm. So they watch some things. They get to talking again a bit. And Fen wonders about the two of them getting to get a redo. Specifically, she like thinks about maybe she should have gotten pregnant with Solace after all. Uh, and in, in the one in the time chamber would have helped her grow up. And June's like, she's like, yeah, maybe June, you can change that when you become God. And June's like, June says, I just have Solace come back immediately. So they didn't even have to do all that. And she's like, but then we wouldn't have this, you know, circumstance chance to be together for nine months and solidify a relationship. And June says, if we both opted into that, uh, like after he becomes God and he presents them with the opportunity to change the past that way, if we both opted into that, then I, as a benevolent God, would have contrived circumstances so that both of us would have been stuck together in such a way that we both had a chance to learn and grow. And I'm thinking this kind of sounds like June's current life, especially the fact that we know the God of this world did, in fact, uh, ask him if he would opt into this. And June said yes. And these circumstances have been more than a bit contrived. So, like, did maybe he and Amaryllis have a relationship back in the real world and break up there and then both consented to jump into Erb and have circumstances make them a loving couple again and that would really track with my whole this is therapy for amaryllis 2 theory i love the idea um (laughs) i you know it could be um it's it's funny like i sometimes i'm 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 remembering to read this with my meta goggles on right Mm -hmm. and it's like well hold on you guys are contrived to be stuck in a time chamber and you guys are learning and growing here over the course of watching a few episodes of law and order like Mm -hmm. Uh, but, and also, you know, Amaryllis was the one who got pregnant. She had a whole year basically to grow up in there and, um, but she didn't need to do a lot of maturing. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I do like where your head's at though. Um, I, I think that there, there's another like line with Fen right after this, where it was, she says like, you're less fun than you used to be. And he says, Mm -hmm. he says, I was never fun. Uh, what, which is funny. Um, cause you know, yes, he was. And she says, but you were less serious. And then, you know, yada, 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 he says, yeah, but I've got an obligation. You know, I, he's, I'm paraphrasing. He's, he's accepted the hero's burden. Yeah. And she still won't even really accept that they're in a story, <laughs> like, <laughs> which I, I understand the defense mechanisms behind it. Right. Mm-hmm. I get why she's like that, but it's like, you know, Fen, we're, we're past the point of joking about this. Like fell seat himself, cut my fucking head off. Um, right. you know, things are real. Uh, we need to. We need to start just, we need to actually look at the dark, scary thing and deal with it. Uh, I think it is just another, I, just, I brought that up because it was another kind of like, this Fen doesn't feel the same either, but I think it's just because we're different now. And so is June. Yeah, that could be. 
I think I think she might be exactly who she was, but that's the problem. That's never a problem. How dare you? <laughs> I think I think it works for her, but it worked for her and it was not a problem when the world was what it was. It was so much smaller when she was alive before. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. the stakes were smaller. It was a they were still adventuring murder hobos, you know? I think I think that you can grow up and take responsibility for the world and still have fun though. I totally if agree. You, if you lose your sense of humor, then you might be an even worse benevolent god than you would have been if you still had humor. I agree. I think that you need to at least be able to you need to, be able to turn it off though, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. I, I'm picturing Harry like at the end of uh Methods of Rationality. Um I can't remember any like, you know, jokes that he makes or something. I'm sure he makes some, but none of them jump to mind. But like mm. that Harry is still capable of having fun and joking and whatever. But he's also like, okay, stuff's real. Like, gotta take, gotta be able to actually be serious when I need to, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we get some nice closure with everybody. Um, it's kind of like a montage scene. We got the most with Fen because you know we haven't seen her in the longest. But we get to see Grack. We get to see um, uh, Grack's uh, one line that I pulled out. Uh, what's new? I guess. Well, the biggest thing that happened in my life is that I died and returned from the hells. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty big. Classic crack. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Val has three kids. First one's named Juniper. And mm-hmm. uh, they've been living in Bethel, who's been a great house to them. Like it's What I liked about it is that it kind of, it brings this like air of finality, right? Yeah. And, you know, like we're coming up on the end of a reel, which is a bummer. It's actually kind of bittersweet. But mm-hmm. we get the gist of what everyone's been up to and, I got the sense that everyone's like has been and will be okay without June. You know, like they've struggled. They've all had their hardships, but like none of them were, you know, just Yeah, everyone lost. was able everyone was able to still have a life and a purpose and make their way in the world. Yeah. Which is what you want. No one should be so irreplaceable that other people die when you go away. Yeah, no, totally. Um yeah, I I uh I liked it. Um, yeah. I don't know what else. I mean, there's a couple things to pull out, but I think I kind of referenced them earlier. Um, Amaryllis, uh, he says, sorry, I died. And she says it was necessary, cruel, mm. cold and cruel, but a necessary part of the plan. And he's like, wait, the plan. And then I realized that like, oh, he was freaking out because he thought that she meant her plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she goes on to say, no, the dungeon master's plan. Uh you needed to, you needed to die so that you would follow the pattern. The second time he can give us a fair fight, which we should win. Um, you always talked about the do over, the new companion you were making, and like that's a really good point. I mean, it is. It, like I said, and so I think uh, she's got thirty instances right that they sync up. So she's been you know doing this for ninety years that he's mm-hmm. been gone, and I'm totally sympathetic that she's gone full religious nut job in those ninety years. Like <laughs> life's weird. I get it. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I, it's hard to tell when she's speaking metaphorically and when she's not. And yeah. like I said, for me, it's just regrettable that like, she's, um, her next line is like, this is so, I'll just read it. You tell me what it is. So, um, I've come to accept that the dungeon master doesn't speak to me <laughs> to the extent that anything was designed for me. It was always subordinate to things that were about you. Like it's the, uh, it, it's hard for me not to have my, my hackles go up at her like fervent religious reverence. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it would be like, I guess, someone following Jesus and being like, yeah, he's a really cool prophet guy. And then like really, really drinking the Kool-Aid and being like, oh, you are 
literally the son of God. You are God incarnate. Nothing was ever about me except, you know, in the ways that I could make your existence on Earth fulfill its meaning kind of thing. Yeah, it's almost made worse by the fact that she's probably right. Yes. Like, you know, because I don't want that to be the case. I want her to, you know, have her own ends in her own life. And she kind of does. I think I think that she might be at least hopefully partly mistaken. But it's just, uh, you know, everything went nuts with this dude and his, you know, magic powers who showed up and invented the world. Uh, Mm. And now she's super magical, too. Like, I guess, you know, it would be totally hard not to get a little reverent of whatever was behind this. But I just wish that he hadn't showed her the Bible. Like, <laughs> she she would have been reading this through a different sort of, of interpretation, right? Yeah, but also I kind of like that because I like religious fanatics <laughs> in stories. And uh, I, I like having this sort of character in here to, to really be like, holy shit, that is, that is fantastic and fucked up. Uh, and I, I guess if I care to about her like as a person the way i care about fen like I-, I understand how from your perspective you're like no this is my girl amy she's getting sucked into a craziness cult and i'm like oh man this she's getting sucked into a craziness cult so it's uh yeah it- it's a difference in in how how we enjoy it i guess yeah no that's legit i like that answer i mean it's don't around part of me is really enjoying it but it's like i she hasn't lost her edge, right? You know, yeah. she's still changing the world. She's still kicking ass. But behind I mean, it, anything, her edge has been honed even more. Yeah. Like we, we get into something she really did fuck that I thought was really fucked up a bit later here. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll jump there in a second. But it's just, it, it's, it's honed through the, the furnace of religious inferno, you know? Yeah. Um, which, which is, again, relatable and understandable. There's no way I wouldn't be religious in her shoes, probably, right? Um, yeah, I I think I would. I there. Yeah, I I might actually be seen, further along than she is. Now that I think about it. Have you ever seen like those dudes losing losing it style of movies, like uh, Falling Down or Taxi Driver or Joker, the one with um with yeah, Joaquin I saw that with you actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's like to me, it's almost like those where I'm like, oh my god, this person is just absolutely losing their shit and. It's fantastic to watch, except in Amy's case, she's both correct and getting better at everything because she is correct. Well, and we loved her before, you know? Yeah. And so we, st- I think we still do. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that when we get some actual time when she can pause and take a breath, that we'll get to see more of how she's doing and she's doing okay. But, um, you know, but yeah, it's, there's something fun about watching The Descent, but I'm hoping that yeah. that's not what we're going to see. Right. I at this point I still think it's relatable and understandable. You know, they even did kill how many of them came back from hell? Five. So fifty babies to get back from hell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that's the you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet that saves the world, but um that that is, you know, kind of religious trade off thinking, but it's also just you tell you know, that's also perfectly secular thinking as well, you know. And you know, those babies aren't even likely going to feel pain until they've matured a bit so uh as long as they as long as he becomes god before that point then there isn't even any extra suffering yeah they got plenty of time yeah well maybe hopefully depends on how long these stairs are you know i'm glad you let's put let's plant a flag in that because i i am hoping they're not long that was my thought uh like that i didn't write the end of the notes here but i'm hoping they're the not so long stairs (laughs) 
Don't you think they would have been called the not-so-long stairs then? Well, maybe maybe it's a short walk because Uther killed everything, right? It took oh, him forever, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. they don't respawn. So, you know, I don't know. I Part of me, like I, well, uh, I'll say it now because I think I'll forget by the end of the next chapter, but uh, it's more relevant to that. The I, I think we're past like the, and then there was a tough sword fight and I won. And then we synergized our magics and we beat this monster. We might get yeah. flashes or highlights of that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. like... I don't think we're going to get 500 years of long stare, you know? Yeah. I certainly hope not. But, yeah. you know, if we do, it'll be montaged or something. But even then, I hope it's not. I hope it's not that long of a trip for them. Speaking about montage, actually, wait, no, no, no. I'm going to put off the montage for just one second because I did want to talk about the the thing Amy did that I thought was really fucked up. Uh, uh, she leaves Erb for a while to go to the Outer Reaches. And while she's there, I think it's like a one-year time period that passes uh, back on Erb. Uh, two of her clones uh, go rogue and become lovers, and uh, they do not want to reintegrate with Amaryllis when she comes back. They're like, no, there's been too much divergence. You, you would not, we would not be us anymore. You would not have this relationship with the other you that's here. Like, you would be killing us, right? Uh, and Amy says, I just merged them anyway. And I'm like, what the ever living fuck? I I mean I just she murdered two people in cold blood who were also her whose only crime was being in love. Like, I mean I guess she's just really pure cold utilitarian at this point. Like I need my all thirty copies of me, uh, and the fact that you two are in love doesn't fucking matter in the grand scheme when Jude needs to become God. So bye. Like, it seemed really fucked up to me, personally. I, I, I lost a little bit of faith in Amaryllis when she did that. I correctly anticipated your reaction, because I, I felt something similar. You know, they, they didn't want it, and she's like, well, I'm the prime, so I get to make the decision unilaterally. Um, yeah. I, to me, I, th- my, I was just thinking that she just is like, come on, you're f- substantiating all those sexist pigs and making orgy jokes to my face since I first got the clone powers. Who you gives know? a fuck? There's all sorts of awful people that make jokes about gay sex too, you know? Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, well, it's not like she's, I don't think her, her I don't, I don't think that she wants to, whatever. She has a problem with whatever, any particular kind of intercourse or anything like that. I think it's just like, there's a whole lot of productivity we're going to miss out on if I'm only 28 people now. Right. Yeah. That, that is what I was thinking too. And that was worth killing two people for her. Yeah. But I mean, it's a, <sighs> The way that I kind of was like, okay, she's not a total monster because they're not dead. They are uh, diminished and assimilated, right? You know, I mean, like... They're, if they're if not... you get assimilated into the Borg, does that count as you not being dead? I'm less dead than I would be if I was cremated. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So I think I think that's that's where, uh, you know, I'm like, at least, they're, at least they're not, you know, they're not erased forever. They are... Nothing that they experienced is gone. It's just... It's now part of a greater thing. Uh, I mean, but they're gone. Their memories are saved in Amaryllis's memories, but they're dead. They're they're mo- they're su- they're mostly dead. Kind of, they're kind of dead. They're- Do they have the same emotions and desires and wants that they had before, or are they just clones of this Amy? They remember that, uh- having them. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, now thirty people remember having them rather than just two. You know? Yeah. No, that's that's not. It's not that, a trade-off I'd be willing to make either, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a little messed up. 
you know, I, uh, I don't think that it's like, uh, you said that they went rogue. I think that they said they were still, you know, going to cooperate, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, they went rogue in the, fa- in the fact that they didn't want to be assimilated anymore. Oh, right. Yeah. But at least they were still doing like, no, we're still on the save the world train, Amy. We're just, you know, yeah, we'd like to stay who we are. Yeah. She assimilated, assimilated them anyway. There's, there's not a great, um, whatever clone, whatever. There's, there's not a great way to close that without it being a little, you know, squiggy. I mean, aside from just saying it was the greater good, your sacrifice will be remembered. And in a way, it's her sacrifice too, you know? Like, she was those people. Mm, you know, I, I, if those I know that people wouldn't have done that, then I... I mean, she was sort of, but there was enough divergence that they'd become different people. They were different, but I'm sure that she could understand, you know, the kind of people they were. It wasn't 50 years, you know? Like, yeah. it. she's like, no, I get how this happened, but, you know, if you were me you would you would assimilate anyway and i am me right now so i'm going to do it you know right i th- i think that uh it, it, she but, also but it did seem it was the greater good kind of reasoning you know yeah and she did seem rather squicked out by them she said that was extremely narcissistic or something and she kind of made a face because <laughs> like she's a juniper sexual and the, these are hers that are not juniper sexuals and that's gross i wonder why they developed that like what what's the point of that having happened like i don't know lesson to draw or story reason was it just like a a thing to show that like amaryllis is really 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 committed to the um her her convictions here so much so that she'll kill parts of herself to do it Uh, yeah i mean i think so yeah i suppose it could be just that Uh, i mean we remember when she set up basically the in the other timeline kind of like concentration camps to have Nazi doctors test, uh, testing people so she could send that information back to the real timeline. I thought that she pulled the brakes on that a bit because she talked about like... Oh, you're right, she did. And then she regretted that she hadn't gone full bore on it. I think yeah. she speculated that she should have or something. I can't remember if she came out, if she settled on one side of the fence of like, man, I wish I'd gone more Hitler. Um, right. Or if she just said, I wonder if I didn't do the most good by not going full Hitler. That's right, Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking in particular, like it could it could have been one or two Amaryllises who just like, no, we've actually we've settled down. We found uh, new partners or we found whatever purpose that we think you won't be interested in. Um, but no, the fact that they fell in love with each other. Right. Yeah. I think that there's something to read into there. Maybe she's not crazy about herself and couldn't stand the fact that there was instances of her that were crazy about herself. Maybe, you know, now that you mention it, maybe it was. The fact that she read in the other timeline her doubts about not having gone full Hitler, having handicapped them, that she was like, well, I don't want to make the mistake that Cyprus made. Oh, man. I hope that's not the only moral. She, that At least the, <laughs> that's not the only moral she drew from those books because she also turned her feelings back on. Um, yeah. So that's nice. But uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a distinct possibility. You know, maybe maybe the Amaryllis of four years ago would have you know, stopped, stopped twice to think about, you know, killing 50 babies to bring back her friends. But well, no, actually she worked for the future for humanity Institute. She knows the math. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I hope that she's not, <laughs> she's like other me told me that I was too weak. I mean, <laughs> right. it's not, that's not all she was trying to say. She, she was speculating. There's one person I trust more than anyone else. It's me. <laughs> I, she's not wrong. I think, but yeah. Uh, well, she she gives him a quick rundown of the past three months, a montage, if you will, 
the highlights include the Council of Arches how were dissolved. They are no longer ruling Minyun. That's true. Uh, the Void Beast is coming. I guess so. Min Min Miyunun? I don't even know how to pronounce that. The the tongue country is part of the Empire now, and they have separatist tongue factions, so not all is great in paradise, after all. I'm hoping that it's not like a violent civil war, but I am glad that there was some kind of something that amounted from the, you know, the concern that Eswin was having and that June was like, Are we sure we're doing this right? Um mm-hmm. turns out not everybody was on board, right? Yeah. So I you know, I think this is probably the last we'll hear of it. Um, just because we're going into the lost stairs, why would we come back and see how these frogs are doing? Yeah. Um, but it was just nice to be like, okay, yeah, something happened there. Yeah, yeah. The Dorses are absolutely rocking it under the rule of the Blood God Doris. High five! Hell yeah! Uh, the Locust is rocking it, expanding the domain, quadrupling the size of the island, and she had a baby. That's a half chosen one, half Locust hybrid. <laughs> I like how the island is just bigger. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because I need more room. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What would you have done? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I would have relocated because I can't just do whatever I want. But good for you, Locus. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it had a frog. So, yay. <laughs> uh, Amaryllis got Palada's hat back, which I, I did not see coming. I can't believe we got that. And this was, I think, this is the best sign that we're going to get the good ending cool like palada loved that hat so much she thought about it like we had that one interlude with her and she's mm-hmm. gotta miss that fucking hat it was so cool <laughs> and amaryllis spent time to go find a hat from the ocean that's been gone for presumably at least decades if not centuries i thought it was like thousands of years it's been a long time and yeah. she she went off and found this hat so uh you know good on her um, oh, yeah and good for palada i'm glad she got her hat back <laughs> uh raven also went to back to the infant library and made peace with all the librarians there kind of explained the situation and they're back on board yay yeah and finally and which i thought was the most interesting amaryllis went to the outer reaches and we get to hear all about the land of probability space and taking on archetypical roles and like oh my god like the whole thing sounded fucking awesome and i really wanted to see that thing play out i Wish we would have. Yeah, it was a bit of a tease. Um, you know, the the play by play or like the whatever the the cliff notes and and all this does kind of feel like closing arcs. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know what was going to happen with the library? You know, Raven Raven worked it out. Cool. Was right? Was the locust? Was anything going to happen with that? Yeah, it had a baby. Cool. Like it's just checking all the boxes, right? Yeah. Um, and then on that list was like, what about that whole outer reaches business? Um, mm-hmm. And it was, uh, turns out, um, it all happened off camera. But, yeah. Yeah, a bit of a tease. Um, so I am going to do something that I have not done at any other point and won't probably do at any other point. I'm going to bring in some outside information here because this is the perfect time for it and really the only time for it. And it's not going to spoil anything uh, that has that is going forward. Let's do it. Okay. There is a lost arc. Uh and it's not the Lost Ark of the Covenant that Indiana Jones finds, because mm-hmm. no one's ever going to find this Lost Ark. Uh, Alexander Wales had originally planned, uh, after June dies, uh, and there, we get the game over screen, we get a POV change, like in most books that have the protagonist die, not at the end of the book. 
a new one of the side characters becomes the new protagonist. It was going to be an entire arc uh, from Amaryllis's point of view. And I'm assuming all of this stuff that we hit in the highlights is things that were going to happen in that arc. And it would have been fully played out. And then at the very end of that, June uh, being being rescued from the hells was going to be the last four chapters of it. And it would have been like this ultimate epic culmination to an entire arc thing. And I really wish we would have gotten that. I would have loved to be in Amaryllis's head for many chapters on end and to see her like being extremely, um, you know, extremely competent and also super fanatical and re- religious and like, oh, I just I wish we would have had all that. But um, this this was, you know, this was in the time of COVID still. And it, I get the feeling uh, Wales was starting to burn out on the story and he just didn't want to do it. And, you know, one of the nice things about being an author is that if you don't want to do something, you don't have to do the thing. You know, if I had to pick, because I do sort of get the, not like we're rushing it, because I'm not sure what else we should be doing, but like, we barely get time to catch our breath before they're back doing the Felseed thing again, you know? Yeah. So like, f- it's Felseed, hell, boom, we're just back again. Like, the whole thing seems extremely rushed. It, it seems like we're running through it. And yet, like, again, I can't say that they should be off doing something else, you know? They don't have other priorities. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like... I feel like, but wait, what about this? It's more just like they're just moving quickly. So I guess what I'm saying is that if 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 Wales had limited stamina left, I'm glad we got to spend it here, um, right? Rather than on the Lost Ark. But uh, man, I would have read the hell out of that. God, that that I, sounds cool. I really wish. Yeah, you know, maybe, and it maybe, been, maybe it'll come. Maybe how, it'll come out eventually. You know, I hope so. Can you imagine how fucking epic it would have been for readers to be like, "June's dead. Game over." And then, like, we just get many chapters covering three fucking years from Amaryllis's point of view. And, like, maybe she's just a new protagonist. She's trying to save June, but maybe she won't. We don't know. Like, ah, oh, it would have been so good. That would have been that would have been something. Um, I would have been very surprised. Uh, yeah. That- Can you, you remember the few PPOV chapters we had from her and, like, what it feels like to be in her head, right? Oh, yeah. It's great. Every time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've enjoyed all of them. They all, you know, every character has their own, you know, voice that you can just tell whose head you're in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it would have been, it would have really cool. And this all sounds like cool stuff. I wonder, getting that hat back, I'm sure it was a really cool story. Um, the Outer Reaches Dude, I really want to hear, and, yeah, the Outer Reaches one. And that, that would have been the end of the arc, you know? Because uh, mm-hmm. right after that, she gets back and like, oh, great, we did the Hell Portal. And then... The next thing they do is is uh, whatever blow up Felseed and go to hell, right? Mm-hmm. So that would have been the culmination of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been cool. Yeah, but either maybe maybe he'll have released the Snyder cut or the uh, the Wales cut at some point, uh, or I someone really else will do hope it. So because okay, I this is the only time I'm going to say a bad thing about Worth the Candle because I love the hell out of it, except for the hell arc here. To me, the entire thing just felt incredibly rushed. Like, I thought Hell should be a big, epic thing. And instead, it was just like, I'm in Hell. Oh, nope. Here's Amy to save me. Okay, just suicide a bunch. Okay, we're back out again. Like, the whole thing could have been done in a single chapter, honestly. And it just, I I didn't even see the point of it. Like, if that's all you're going to do, why even bother killing June in the first place? It was dramatic when he died. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but then at least there's he was that. just brought back immediately. It was, it wasn't quite as bad as killing Chewbacca in the new Star Wars movie, but 
I'll it wasn't great. It was it was the one part of the book that I thought wasn't good. I never saw episode nine of Star Wars, but I heard about the thing where they do the fake out. It was um, so fucking lame. Yeah. You know, did you see Rogue One? No. It was I, good. I hear it's actually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to tell you the ending? Oh, I know the ending. They all die. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And it's not a spoiler, really, because that's not the point. Um, yeah. You can kind of guess that it, they're all going to die because you never heard any of these characters before. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Except for when they say many spies died to get us this information. Exactly. In the original trilogy. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was awesome that it had the cojones to stick to like, yeah, the heroes made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, mm-hmm. like that's always yeah. cool when that happens. Um, yeah. You know, the whole hell thing, part of me is tempted to try and make like the same kind of argument I did before about the uh, like the helicopter. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like may- maybe you know because whales here is playing every character you know i mean i can he, see he's doing being an... i was just gonna say he's doing dm he's doing june he's doing amaryllis he's he's doing the author of the story maybe people kept bugging you know in every comment thread there was somebody who was like where's the next where's the helicopter where's the three beat and then this was just like here's the helicopter look it was a helicopter congratulations right i don't think that's i, I don't think that's quite how it went down but i can kind of imagine it yeah. um I mean, I can see him doing the intentional subversion for the helicopter. That that does make sense. It's it works with the story and with the whole meta nature of the whole story. But the hell, the hell chapters. I mean, I don't, I don't fault him because I know what it's like to be completely burned out of a project and just wanting to be like, you know what? I'm just going to quit unless I get to the end part and work through that because that's what I really want to do. And I'm, I would, I'm so so happy that he finished the story and if we had to cut that arc to get that that's fine but i do think that it it did the original plan was perfect and having this removed from it was necessary but unfortunate because it would have been much better i think that's a good uh succinct way of putting it you know it went over time and over budget and yeah it's like you know do you want me to deliver the rest of this or do you want me to burn out halfway through the amaryllis arc <laughs> like yeah um I'll take this trade for sure. Uh, yeah, I the hell thing. And maybe like someday said, in a few years, he might come back to it. We yeah. Can hope. You know, um, I, like I was going to say, you know, I'm tempted to make the same kind of like usurping expectations thing as I did about the helicopter. But like, like you said, it doesn't land. Um, mm. It The helicopter thing is a small enough thing where we can hand wave and make it funny. This was like, you know, hell has been built up and June hardly gets tortured, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want him to get tortured, but I right. want hell to matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the stakes are up now. I get why I get what happened. And, you know, I, I don't know what it's like being a writer. And I guess, too, this is also his full time job. You know, like when Yudkowsky would take a take, three, you know, years long breaks for himself to uh, work up energy again to keep working on methods of rationality. He had he had a day job. Um, yeah. He had other ways to pay the bills. Uh you know, Wales is like, you know, if I want to take two months off to recharge or six or whatever, uh, the money's going to stop coming in. So I need to make some decisions here. Um, yeah. And I, I never really would have thought that he was rushing through except for, you know, this this reveal about the Lost Arcs. So um, yeah. it's it's interesting. But yeah, I, my, my takeaway is similar. You know, the hell thing might as well not have happened um, yeah. other than like moving the plot forward. Right. Like he, it could have just been he woke up and he was yeah. back on air and he didn't know how he got there. Like it might as well have just been that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we got Finn too, I guess. But, you know, it's, I don't know, like nothing happened in hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I think I get historically why it happened. Um, and like you said, uh, for God's sake, if, if him like doing the hell arc, right. Or whatever, or giving us the Abrilis arc meant that we weren't going to get to see goddamn Uther or whatever. Like if we don't get mm-hmm. the, if it meant we didn't get the end, like mm-hmm. I will chop out, I would chop out the rest of this book. If I could just, you know, get the cliff notes of how it ended. If, if the alternative was nothing, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if the alternative was a better hell arc and the Amaryllis arc. Um, right. Yeah. No, forget that. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now that I laid all that out, uh, they, they did eventually determine that uh, it was probable that he was either alive for three years and I guess must have had the memory erased by the DM so that he didn't have to go through three years of torture or had been bottled for that time. Um, I, you know, I would assume maybe bottled because he doesn't have memories. Although again, DM could have erased those, but like, uh, maybe Felseed was like worried that June actually was in touch with God when he made that, uh, you know, that threat to him. And so he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to bottle him and then let him disappear because if he ends up in hell, he might come back. He, he's talking <laughs> to God. He might be able to pray his way out. So I, I'm just going to make sure that doesn't happen. Like I can kind of see Felsey doing that. I like that reading. I, you know, it'd be interesting if Felsey took the possibility of a higher power seriously. I remember when June made the offer, his immediate response was to, you know, try to kill June as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know why his hellfall was delayed. You know, like I think bottling him is plausible. Um, it could be that the DM was just like, nope, he lost, fuck it, like I'm done. And then when, you know, I'm just imagining trying to smash together some bad half-baked idea of like, you know, the DM, like say June, like this is June DMing like with his friends, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and he kills, he kills you all, fuck you guys. And, he, and then June like leaves and he goes out and he has a smoke because he smokes because this June's older. Um, <laughs> and he comes cool. back and they're in there and they're like, you know, all the, all the remaining characters are working out some long plan and they, they've just now executed like, Hey, we just nuked the fell seed zone. Yeah. Uh, Amaryllis came back from the outer reaches, slossing in a, a, a portal. And he's like, Oh, Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it may, maybe the DM was like, yeah, you picked the hell diver perk, but I wasn't going to take you there anyway. Like I was just done. You lost loser. Um, yeah. but the, uh, the, the story got interesting enough for him again. So, then he's like, okay, cool, perfect excuse. They just nuked the healthy uh, the fell seed zone. Yeah. Yeah. That it, makes total sense too. It could be. I mean, yeah. maybe he just also wanted them wanted the time to go by so that the party had the time to do all that cool shit. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's a mystery that I mean, maybe, maybe he he just kind of left it running without noticing. Like you said, maybe he went out to get a smoke and then the game pops up in the notification, you know, rune magic about to break air. Right. And he's like, what? <laughs> Antimatter bomb annihilating your simulation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely possible. Yeah. But. All right. Well, they're going back. And this time they're bringing more Daka. Yeah. There was a, there was a line where like, maybe the DM would appreciate the joke after uh, Fen was like doing the rapid fire. was the joke more Daka, even though they don't say it. Oh, I don't, I don't think it was specifically about Fen. I, I think it was just literally greater application of force. They, they just did what they did before, except even harder. This time he gave away absolutely everything to the Vorpal blade. And before did he even use the Vorpal blade? Uh, I think so. And I think it didn't do anything, but okay. no, I think in this one, the, the, he, it was like when Fen is still trying to pincushion 
uh, fell asleep before they go all out. Yeah. She's like, fine, it's not working. And it says, we'd let her try because it's entirely possible that it might have worked as the kind of, as the funny kind of joke that the dungeon master seemed fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just the, the more DACA, like, all oh. right, let's shoot him a bunch. We didn't try shooting him a bunch, you know? Okay. Okay. That actually, that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. Might be that. I was thinking like the kind of funny kind of joke, like the, the, the one character that could have killed Felseed, you let die like seven chapters ago. Ha ha. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That, that also would have been the thing, right? Oh yeah. The, mm-hmm. the, the trick was Fen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. That was his one weakness. Um, anyway, so they, they don't, they don't buck about it at all. They are at the beginning of this paragraph of the, of this chapter, they're teleporting back in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now his arena is just, or now his, his zone that they're fighting him on is just this arena platform next to the door. Yeah. Like, it very much is just like, all right, this is boss battle, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, it's awesome. Uh, I got a handful of lines and we'll figure out where we want to go from here. But um, it says, Felseed glared at me. I seem to recall you being here before the unceremonious explosion of my city. You were in a sorry state. June says, I got better. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. Not not sure what happened again with his memories and all that stuff, but uh, I just like that he's quipping. Um, she turned me into a newt. Uh, so. I mean, in a sar state could mean in a bottle too, though. Oh, totally. Although it's probably more of a torture thing. He might have, he, maybe he was turned into a newt. And oh, June's, yeah, June's quip there was just, you know, an accidentally hitting it on the head. Yeah. You know, it's, you can't rule it out. Um, but this is, all right, so he says, well, the deal still stands. If you give me all of them, you're allowed through this door. Oh, and a new one. And Amaryllis says, we're planning on just killing you instead. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's the kind of superhero one-liner we, we, we wanted. None of this, like, take the deal bullshit. All right. So that was awesome. It was. And last thing, because this sets the tone for the whole fight. They, uh, he says, you know, shit's going bad on air, but you're here anyway. What's, am I really so important? And June says, no, you're not. You're just in the way. Oh. And I know, right? So first of all, mm-hmm. super badass. Uh, you know, they, they trudged in here hopeless last time. And I feel like this is the kind of redux June would have given to his friends. But the, I like that line so much because it it cements a completely different attitude for this fight compared to the first one. That's like, true. Yeah. Last time they were broken and they like were hopeless. They, they didn't think this was going to work. And lo and behold, it didn't. Yeah. And in this one... The goal isn't to kill Felsey. The goal is to like, you know, get out of the way, dude. We got shit to do. You're 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 slowing us down. Man, those three days trudging through psychological torture really did break them down, didn't it? I think even before that, they they were building it up, you know? Yeah. Like and we were too, you know. Like it was it was never gonna work. Um yeah. and so it just something about they, uh, and I think they knew that. They just knew that they had to try. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think uh, it's... It was always part of the plan that they were going to fail the first time. Yeah. And only Amaryllis knew it. It seems like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if she actually knew it that first time that they were going to fail the first time. She Probably had faith, not. Inyash. Yeah. Yeah. She had faith. You're right. God damn it. Well. Oh, you know, I, I meant to mention that I think uh, one of the comments at the top from... Uh, who was it here? Gad BB, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait. Sorry. This was Kakulakayam about... How the more you piss off the DM, the worse he gets because Felseed is spite incarnate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only, like, so don't rush to the end because I had a whole story for you. The thing is, the DM was shoving them this direction for a while. Yeah. So 
you know, it's I don't, I, it, he is spiteful and mean. Maybe he's like, I was shoving you, but you weren't supposed to go yet. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they were. I felt like they were pulled there last time, and this time they're kicking the door in. You know, exactly. Yeah, so, totally different mood going in. Mm-hmm. All right, I am talking too much. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so they start the fight, and the this is I, I always love these sorts of scenes. Um, it says he tried to move out of the way, but he wasn't fast enough, and he seemed surprised by that. And that look of surprise, man, that is the chef's kiss payoff. When when you see that, you're like, oh, oh, that's beautiful. Things are gonna change right here. I I agree. It was. I think I can't remember exactly the order everything happened in, but it was like it was the first or one of the first signs that this fight was winnable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't put it past them like, hey, I'm going to give them hope um, and make them think that they're going to beat me just to, you know, it'll make beating them all the more delicious. But it didn't feel like that's what was happening. It felt like they had him on the back foot. Yeah. Yeah. And he's burning a Momrath bone. Yeah. Uh, which I'm assuming is colossal because he's using star magic to like touch it through a portal or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and conceptually this makes sense, right? Momrath and Felseed and Harold are all part of the same end of the world club. Uh, I don't know if Harold was, he was trying to bring in more of the end of the world clubs, which is why Momrath got pulled in. Oh, I thought it was Harold. Fel- so Harold was one of the people who was trying to herald in the end of the world. Yes. Okay. Fair because, enough. Because yeah, once there's three end of the worlders on air, the world ends. And if Harold was one of them, that would have been three. Well, they just killed Harold, and then fell, then Momrath showed up. No, 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 no. They didn't kill Harold until after Momrath. Really? Yeah, there was that whole thing afterwards where they're running around the city, uh, chasing down his cultists while uh, the mum Momnagerie is uh, killing people. I thought that they had like they had killed the heart of it, but they were they were cleaning up like his you know spirits uh, damaged victims or whatever. Now they found they found Harold at the very end, and they talked briefly with the guy. And then June's like, "I wasn't tempted by that at all. What the fuck?" And Emeralds was like, "I think that one was intended for me." I thought there was like some jar that had Harold in it or something. Yeah, yeah. After Momrath. Oh, okay. Either way, yes. Yeah. So, I guess that makes sense. So, uh, Momrath. Well, yeah. Thematically, Momrath and Felzid are on the same uh, same tier, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, they're both S tier world enders, sir. <laughs> it that isn't that the case and in order to to kill felsey june has to hit him so hard he breaks the universe and <laughs> he explodes felsey into a mile long cone of pink mist mm-hmm. um, it was awesome yeah and I like especially the fact that he cut him into the outer reaches plane it feels like and just entirely excised the idea of felsey i wonder if it was like what the idea actually was like corruptor or or villain or rapist or what but there's something that used to be in the outer reaches which has been carved out of it now and felseed was completely removed from all existence because of that i i liked it i mean so it's i at first of course is worried that now he was entering his final form and you know none of them can remember why they're here but oh uh, shit luckily it was it was actually it would have been too it would have been unsatisfying if after that epic hit he's just like aha now i'm just actually you know level two um Mm -hmm. no they they annihilated him and uh they i was gonna say they like erased his entire history because even their documents are different Mm -hmm. um but it can't be his entire history otherwise they wouldn't be here right right yeah it's done in that safe slossy way where he gets to rewrite history but in a way that doesn't ruin it um you know i think destroying felseed 
this utterly and not just like killing him mm-hmm. has to be symbolically relevant, right? Go deeper. Uh, I mean, it's June's gotten over the he, he's he's forgiven himself oh. for what he did. Like I get it. Yeah. Does he remember the Felseed incident? It seems like he actually can't. Right, because he doesn't even know that FS stands for Fell Seed. Right. Oh my God, he's like been baptized and reborn. <laughs> well, except this is more epic than just being, you know, splashed with water. He got, he had to annihilate this thing with the world-ending Elder Sword. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking a man. That's that's a damned good reading. I don't know if I finished parsing that point because it didn't occur to me until we were reading through it just now, but. Um, well, I mean, again, it's it's the literalization of the metaphorical, right? It's June is forgiving himself and growing as a person. And the literalization of that is that he killed the thing that was his his lowest moment, the thing that he hates most about himself so completely and forgave himself so utterly that it's erased from existence entirely. Like, that's that's pretty fucking cool. I like that. Yeah. So pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I I think it, it came out really well. Um, it did. It almost killed June because he had to use the Vorpal Blade all the way. So, Right. Uh, brought him down to zero in all his stats. Uh, but he gets to pick up the Vorpal Sword and that replenishes him <laughs> to, you know, at least his normal level. And <laughs> Bethel, Bethel says, because Valencia said, go pick up the sword. Uh, Bethel says, Valencia believed that having defeated its master, you might become its bearer. And June doesn't <laughs> like this. He gives a stare. He says, fine. If it's stupid and it works, then it's still fucking stupid. I'm like, June? It's not fucking stupid. It's a very common fantasy trope. Stop shitting on this parade. It's it's still a little stupid. I no, mean, it, it happens all the time in fantasy. Oh, I know, but it, I think it's it's. Uh, I, I get where he's coming from. The thing is, I don't get why he's salty about it. I think maybe well, I because either. well, because he doesn't know that they're here for you know he knows that they're here for serious business. You know, they know about the hells. They know that Uther's through this door, but they. Uh, it's, I guess if he can't remember anything at all about Felseed. But I, I would think that he'd be like, you know, maybe a little more lighthearted about it. Be like, oh, of course, this is this is perfect. I love this stupid shit. Like, usually he loves the stupid stuff, right? Yeah. The password is password one. Like, Oh, my God. That was so dumb. <laughs> so, I mean, it, if he's not mad about that, how is he mad about this? Um, yeah. But I, I liked it. It worked here in this story in particular because Harry Potter was brought up so much and Val deserves to get at least one win for her fandom. You know, obsessiveness, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, finally, my my knowledge of Harry Potter is going to pay off. Drew, go pick up that sword. Uh, yeah. And it does. Yeah. I think that's why it worked. I don't think it's because it's a common fantasy trope. I think it worked because Val wanted, you know, or Val was a fan of Harry Potter. <laughs> like, So it was like like the having the helicopter skill pay off, except this one actually was cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. And now he's got the sort of, you know, super death. So. hmm it's not clear. I mean, if he can hit like that and recharge, like that's uh he's going to be pretty formidable. Yeah. And now they actually have two of those because uh that Bethel can copy it apparently with enough fidelity that you can use it. So Shit, good point. Dual wielding Vorpal swords, man. That's pretty fun. God, that's going to be awesome. Uh, so Palada, I thought she died, but she just took a severe ass whooping during the fight and uh takes her beloved hat and walks off into the sunset. Goodbye, um, Palada. You yeah. were really cool. You were. Amaryllis gave her the teleportation key. Mm-hmm. That is a kingly gift. It like, really is. This this was, you know, she talked this up a lot. I mean, she didn't talk it up. She explained it a lot about what a remarkable artifact this was. This has been key to tons of their plans. 
it's invaluable. Uh, but she's like, nah, we're doing this now. We're good. And it doesn't work in here. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it was much more of a sentimental gift because it doesn't, it doesn't work for them in there. And if the long stairs work, then June's going to be a God. So it doesn't really matter, but yeah, it has all this emotional weight. The party's had it since their very first adventure. Exactly. And just giving Palada something so powerful is Mm -hmm. like, if she thought for a second, this wasn't worth the trouble. Like, you mm-hmm. know, she's been paid in, you know, paid more than she could ever hope to be paid, right? That's true. Yeah. So. She's been paid in a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Equivalent. But yeah, you're right. It, it feels like it's a very sentimental gift, too. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and then as the door is closing, Fen is still kind of hemming and hawing, but she she ducks in at the last second. And uh, so does a teeny tiny little glowy frog. Oh. And uh, it, it Fen is like, is that a locust? But where is its domain? And he... Uh, June says, don't think too hard about it. He's very small and it might hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And so they got a little tiny baby locust with them. Yeah. I'm very worried about this little baby frog, but I hope it works out. I'm sure he'll be okay. He's a little god and he's also June's son. So <laughs> June, we're going to have to have a, you know, companionable game of catch and uh, teach you how to shave. Throw the and, fro- you know, <laughs> yeah. What else? What else are they supposed to do? Uh, the frog can yell, you're not my real dad. Right, um, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, June can can kind of neglect it for a while while he's going into the to his job. Exactly. June will see it a couple hours on the weekend, sometimes for 10 years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, None of us really know our fathers, do we? Um, nah. Now they're fucking going into the long stairs, and I am really goddamn excited. Because this is, this is it, man. This is the final end game. Yeah, we're at the... We're at the the end is nigh. Is this the other like you know we got a good cliffhanger going for you, Stephen? Uh, moment that you were mentioning last week. It is yes. Although I'm not sure if it's the last one necessarily. Oh no! I just I, I you said that we have at least one more. I was wondering if this was one of them. Yeah, this is one of the ones that I was thinking of. Yeah, you know this one I didn't feel quite so torn up about. Really? I think maybe it's because I finished out on Saturday and I was going to be busy all day Sunday um, mm. rather than Thursday night. I had like most of the week. But yeah. there's also, I don't know, I felt like there was a lot to process. Like we ju- we had a victory to bask in, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if this was the end of a season or something, you know, I'd be okay waiting till f- for the next season for the conclusion, right? But if the season oh, ended on him getting his head cut off, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> for me, it was a, this was a much harder wait. I think because, partly because like I knew that after he got his head cut off, he was going to hell. And presumably, after a very long, awesome hell arc, he was going to come back out of hell. Like, it it was exciting, but, like, it wasn't like, I have no fucking idea what's coming next. But, oh, my God, this has been built up the whole time. And Arthur's in there, and it's going to be amazing. I had a much harder time waiting after this one. Maybe there's the component that Arthur's in there. We're approaching the end. And I don't want that to happen. Mm, Right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Maybe that's part of, if I'm looking within myself as to why I'm like less on the edge of my seat. I mean, I'm excited. I'm curious, but as soon as I find out the story is over. So like, yeah, it's like, can't we go do something else for a while? (laughs) Um, There's still four other gods we haven't met. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you have have any quests you haven't finished? doesn't need to be over yet. Yeah. But you know, it's got to come at some point, right? At some point it does. Yeah. Nothing can go on forever. They've got external pushes. Uh, Alexander can't write this story for the rest of his life. So, uh, no, I mean, this 
this is great. I don't know what to say, man. Um, uh, well, what you can say is what are the next chapters we're going to be reading in Yash? What are the next chapters we're going to be reading in Yash? We are going to be reading the next three chapters, 237 to 239. Those are 237, long story short, 238, <laughs> a certain kind of longing, and 239, old sins cast long shadows. Oh, man. Well, I like to play the name game with the chapters. I mean, long story short, uh, sounds like we're probably going to get a paraphrase of what happens in the endless stairs or the long stairs or whatever. Um, maybe they are in there for a long time, but we're getting the cliff notes. A certain kind of longing. Mm, I don't know. It seems like a Uther thing because old sins cast long shadows. Um, I think that might be them meeting him. Maybe, you know, or maybe he's him talking with Bethel about it. About the about the inevitability of meeting with him. Yeah. Well, as I'm fond of saying, there's only one way to find out. That's right. So that is to continue. We got to jump off and start reading. Um, thanks, man. This is good. I had, yeah. You know, the like you said, the 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 hell arc, such as it was, was interesting. Like it, it's it's interesting more in anal- analyzing it than it was like in it happening. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think the historicity around it was 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 something. Uh, learning about the lost arc was interesting. Um, but yeah, man, there's nothing for it. We got to, we got to keep going. So, um, let's do it. Yeah. First things first, uh, before we start, before we sign off, do check out, uh, our, check out the show notes for our Patreon, Alexander Wells, uh, Patreon, the links to the, uh, the first two chunks of War the Candle, uh, on Amazon available on ebook and audiobook. Uh, no one has claimed a free copy from me yet. Um, oh. if you're thinking, man, I don't want to bug him for a free copy. You should do it. Uh, if you're the 50th person, I'll tell you that I can't afford it, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've been offering it for a long time. So, uh, free, free book. Who wants free book? Um, okay. That's all I got. What about you? Uh, I got that. We have links to those books, uh, both of the free and paid variety in the show notes. Uh, also to Alexander Wales's and ours Patreons, if you want to uh, contribute to any of those. And um, yeah, that's it. I'm excited for getting up onto the stairs, man. Yeah. And uh, Alexander Wales, we understand, you know, sacrifices have to be made to get the story out. So we appreciate you doing that. Hell yeah. You know, give somehow, somehow tie this into games so we can play it. I'm yeah, here to get good. going. So I got to, I got to roll. Okay, well, uh, (laughs) uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Sounds good. See ya. Let me hit the start recording button. Okay, actually, I didn't ask if we're good to go. Are we good to go? I'm good to go. <clears throat> the throat clearing. <laughs> <laughs> the most important part of any podcast. <laughs>